0: There's a great idea um, and it comes to mountain climbing, but it's you assemble a team of various experts because you don't know exactly which problem you're going to hit or when. You don't know which am- avalanche or crevice. I'm yeah. not a mountain climber, you are. <laughs> but uh, you, you don't know what those problems are, but when you assemble an, an epic team, you know you've got the right pieces to navigate that thing.
1: This is Durable Value. Get investing and business insights from industry experts and successful entrepreneurs every week. Like and subscribe now.
0: These are certainly chaotic and interesting times with interest rates moving. We're in July of 2022 with tremendous amounts of what seems to be fear coming from all parts of the news cycle. And, um, it's, it's just a weird time. I think what's interesting about this conversation is from our point of view, from your point of view, from a boots on the ground and commercial real estate point of view, how do you interpret what's happening in the world and in the economy? And then after that, we can talk about how we're navigating that based on how we're contextualizing what's happening.
2: Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. You know, I I, I uh, like to think of w- the work that we do as not being market predictors, but being market navigators. Mm-hmm. So we're not as focused on what's the right timing and have we hit the peak, have we hit the trough, but rather contextualizing everything that's going on and, and using those inputs to navigate through the market. So, you know, where do I, where do I think the market's going? What where, where do I think the future is bit of a crystal ball? Um, but there are certainly indicators that are concerning interest rates, rising inflation continues to grow. Um, and also its effect, interest rate effect on cap rates, but then there are also some some bright points like uh, employment continuing to be at historically high levels. Um, the economy, by all indicators, seems to be going strong, and we continue to see uh, many aspects of a supply-constrained market. Mm-hmm. Um, so. You know, I, If I were to kind of put my crystal ball out, I would, I would say we're probably looking at no near-term recession or maybe some sort of a light or technical recession in certain industries, um, but uh, the future, the longer-term future is a little bit more uncertain. And I think that kind of gets to, well, how do we navigate that? How do we take these inputs into what we're doing right now uh, to, to guide toward the future?
0: Mm-hmm. i think i think it's our point of view is important because we're uh we're uh acting uh you know we're on the streets so to speak. what's interesting is like we're not trained economists we've been to economic presentations sometimes they're right sometimes they're they're wrong
2: we we get input <laughs> from great economists along the way uh you know
0: but economists but, aren't investors and economists no. aren't commercial real estate investors and yeah. Um, in addition to how they see the economy, there's also a bunch of psychology, and there's also forming and structuring great deals and finding the best deals in the market. Um, personally, I think that um, I think this is going to be a decade of growth. I think that we are seeing um, a slowing right now in certain uh, sectors of the economy. Um, I think this year will be defined by a slowing. I think next year, to some degree, will be defined by slowing, but I don't think it's... a, a a major recession. I think that uh, the year after that, we'll begin to see some growth, maybe some growth the year after that. And then I think we'll get a recession. So, uh, you know, time may tell. This is, time will tell. This is a few years in the future. But I, I think this is not the big event. I think there's there's slowing happening now. I think there's a recession in a few years. Uh, I think there'll be another major uh, sort of event uh, many years down the road. Um, but, but that's for down the road. So,
2: So, then let me ask you a question. Uh, If we are operating um, in a fairly positive mind frame, uh, anticipating that, you know, call it whatever a soft landing or a slowing or whatever, you know, terminology we want to use, what are we doing to mitigate against a deeper downside? Mm
0: -hmm. Well, the, the question is which levers are we pulling? And the levers that are most important from my perspective are. Uh, investing in uh, markets that have low vacancy rates and high rent growth and positive population growth. If you have those things and you can buy things right at a discount to replacement cost uh, and you have healthy cap rate uh, exit cap rate projections, uh, it's 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 gonna be hard to it's gonna be hard to do poorly, I, mm-hmm. I believe. Most well. of what we underwrite is to a twenty IRR on a five year hold.
2: I think a year from now, it would be safe to say that things will have unfolded. So, however that unfolding occurs, I think that a year from now, we'll have more clarity on the, you know, I guess it's kind of the trajectory, right? Mm-hmm. Are, are we, are we going this way? Are we going this way? Are we going this way? Uh, that trajectory will, will be more, uh, vetted out. Personally, I think that it, what we'll find is that it's more mild than our, uh, Lovely media sources are are wanting us to believe, but um, but we're also you know back to our point earlier. We're not operating as though that more positive outcome is the only outcome that could occur.
0: I think the year from now we'll be getting debt in the high fives, potentially six, but you know not way worse than today. I think that the market. I think that I think that uh, economic activity will be. Uh, stronger again, in that uh, groups like ours, capital groups will be, investors will be saying, okay, we have a clear picture of the next couple of years. We better get back in the market. We better get moving again. Mm -hmm. So I think that what's interesting about the deal cycle is it takes six to 18 months to, at least six months to get to great deals. From the time you offer, um, there's this like ferris wheel of deal making where you don't just make an offer make an offer and get a deal it never works that way you make an offer they go ah then you make another offer they counter and it, it has to go through its cycle while the seller goes through their stages of grief or their decision making process and the buyer does as well but our our groundwork to this year will lead to our deal making next year so now is uh, in my opinion, not the time to hunker down. Now is the time to be cautious about the deals we're doing, but aggressively offering, aggressively seeking out opportunity, especially in a time when there's uh, less competition.
2: Let's say this plays out a year from now and uh, we're seeing signs of a deeper recession. Mm -hmm. How does that, how does that change our decision-making?
0: Well, the first answer is we underwrite to 20 IRRs and, uh, we put what we believe to be reasonable, uh, exit cap generally rates and assumptions, generally
2: conservative assumptions. Yeah.
0: So the first answer is we have a tremendous margin of safety between uh, what we are projecting and zero, and we're uh, we're an we're an active, like we drive value. It's what we do. We, I know that we're able to continue to move rents because we're doing it. I see the lists for people wanting to rent apartments. I see the leasing times on industrial. Mm-hmm. On our smaller office, smaller suite office buildings, I see our downtime. There's still strong demand. Um, so I think you know, if we get to a res- if it seems to be getting worse, if consumers are spending less, um, number one, we're diversified. We're in multifamily, industrial and office. Number two, we underwrite to a high IRR threshold. Number three, we're in submarkets where we're specialists. Mm-hmm. Number four, in the submarkets we're in, we're the often the biggest player in that submarket, which means we're seeing more deal flow, more tenant activity. We have more staff and teams and brokers that care about our account, um, that care about our business than the local people, the wealthy families that own properties, the institutional[s] that are spread out. Um, being a, sort of a local. Sharpshooter in multiple uh, sub-markets, I think we're the kind of group that that does the best. uh,
2: Case in point, I guess, out of that is Response Road. You know, we bought a property that was 35% occupied, not 35% vacant, 35% occupied, and we closed in April of 2020. Yeah. (laughs) Right as the, you know, COVID pandemic was fully unleashing. And, you know, that should have been a poster child for, uh, you know, a bad investment. And here we are today, it's 84% occupied, trending towards stabilized occupancy.
0: Big thank you to Newmark and Sacramento, they worked yeah. so hard. but
2: but it, But, you know, part of that ultimately is knowing the right asset, knowing the right market, knowing your micro market that allows, even during times of substantial headwind to be able to take that substantial headwind. Now, you know, did it lease as quickly as we had originally pro forma? No. Uh, were, were construction costs higher than we had originally pro forma? Absolutely. I mean, there are absolutely externalities that affected the outcome, but ultimately it's, it's a successful investment outcome in the midst of that headwind.
0: We, we can't ever forget, though, that we are in a trust and a people business and number one, buildings exist to house people and house businesses. But number two, like our extent to work with our brokerage teams, our extent for our staff to drive leasing, to creatively come up with TI packages. I, I remember, you know, we got a tenant touring next Tuesday. You know, let's blow out these walls in advance because we know this is a really important tenant. And this is what they're This is how it's going to show for them and in, you know, a week. The su- the suites look different. I mean, the way our staff acted during COVID to mm-hmm. get spaces leased, and the way the brokers we work with—I uh, mean, it was incredible. So, I I want to say that uh, there's a uh, what do you call it? Emotional intelligence. There's a people intelligence that's a big part of our business, yep. and it is a, it is it l- it is fifty percent of our success. Yep, maybe more.
2: And you know, arguably it's even more so when we're in a headwind environment versus a tailwind environment, tailwind rewards all market participants. (laughs) doesn't matter how you operate. Uh, you know, we've seen this time and time again, but you know, a headwind environment rewards the best operators. Yeah. So best
0: culture, the best, the best teams.
2: One. So ultimately I think that gets back to how we navigate the future. Um, Regardless of what we think the future is going to unfold, we are prepared for however the future is un- unfolding uh, because of how we, you know, how we operate in the markets that we know.
0: There's a great idea, um, and it comes to mountain climbing. But it's you assemble a team of various experts because you don't know exactly which problem you're going to hit or when. You don't know which av- avalanche or crevice. I'm yeah. not a mountain climber, you are. <laughs> but uh, you, you don't know what those problems are. But when you assemble an, an epic team, you know you've got the right pieces to navigate that thing. Mm-hmm. And I think that's what makes us uh, different is our team is epic. And our culture here is incredible. And um, it's our job to, to buy things right. You do make a lot of your money going in. But, man, we are well-equipped to navigate uh, the journey to get to that sale event and to drive that IRR,
2: regardless of the future.
1: Thank you for listening to Durable Value, an investor's podcast, where we demystify commercial real estate with safe, sound investment strategies to help you balance your portfolio. If you enjoyed this podcast, be sure to rate it on iTunes or wherever you get your podcasts. To learn more, visit grisadapartners.com, where you'll find more information, investor's tools, case studies, and more. This podcast is hosted by Joe Muratori and Ryan Suela. It's produced, edited, and mixed by Melodic, with intro music by Ian Post. Thanks again for listening, and we'll see you next time.